kind of taking it day by day, so that's how I'm doing Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm so happy to hear that you don't have that financial burden, because I think that's so many of us, that's like the biggest stressor right now is money, and I'm sure for you too, because you're not able to work, and to not have to worry about that for like another year, two years, three years, like who knows how long you sign your lease for, you know, like that's that's a huge burden I feel like to be lifted, so I'm happy to hear that, because you're not there right now. I mean, you're, so where are you now? You're at your boyfriend's family's house? Yeah, so I'm where I grew up in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Cool. So pretty close to Westchester, like where we met. Um, So yeah, I'm glad because like I know the area and all of that. And like, you know, I've been with my boyfriend for almost five years. So like I'm really close with his family. So it's like, it's been a good situation and all of that. So yeah, can't Good. Yeah. Like I got out of New York kind of like, I mean, this has been going on for longer than really everyone was kind of leaving on. But I got out like at the peak, like, right as everything kind of blew up so like I was unscathed from that so yeah and you were you've been traveling back and forth to Philly quite a bit anyways because of jobs but also because your boyfriend lives in Philadelphia right doesn't he does he still have an apartment there yeah he still lives in Philly so that kind of sucks because he has to pay rent in Philly but I actually don't come to Philly that often but um because he usually will come up to New York because I can't like with my job I can't really just like going home every weekend that's true but um so yeah but I do come you know every so often so cool I'm not like it's not like oh my god such a shock like I'm not in New York good. anymore good. I'd rather not be there honestly because like yeah. it's like the epicenter of all of it so yeah and also I think like at least to, I, I'm in media I'm also technically in the suburbs I think like for us we can pretty safely go outside we can go on hikes we can go on walks like and in New York, it's really not even safe to be doing that. So it's yeah. it's nice. I feel like nature has been a bit of like a place of peace for me since this started. So I can't imagine even just being in Philly, like it would be hard to just be down t- in a downtown area anywhere because you can't really do. You don't have the freedom to do as much. I think. In right. That like even if you're going outside in like a gridlock city, like you should be wearing a mask. So Absolutely. It's like you can't really be getting fresh air. And like here, I mean, this is like so blown out, but. I'm, like, there's, like, a whole backyard behind me, and so it's, like, I've been able to, like, get and walk in the grass and, like, sit outside, so, yeah, yeah it's been really, really good for, like, my mental health and just, like, everything. Yeah, so, being outside can change your attitude pretty quickly, I think, which is seriously. Really so, if you can go outside and not wear a mask, do it, because it's really good to get fresh air. Yeah, it feels really good. Um, so, I have some, like, general questions for you, but obviously we can talk about anything, yeah. but... So when I met you, you were at school, um, but you had been involved in the modeling industry out west before that, and now you're in New York. And I wonder if you've seen any changes from like that first go around when you were younger to now, um, because I was just talking to Liz about the person before this about body positivity and kind of like how that's changed over time. And I wonder if you've seen any of that yourself. Yeah, it was that was great listening to Liz. Um, I watched the whole thing, so. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course, and I'm gonna watch the one next. I'm so interested in graphic design, so excited. For oh, Ali, definitely stay for Ali. She's yeah, badass. So yeah. yeah, everyone stay for that too. So, anyways, yeah, this is kind of perfect timing because I actually, uh, so I started a podcast again. I haven't before, and then I kind of like dropped it because I was like being too perfection. I this I have a problem with this being like a perfectionist. And doing like too many things at one time, you know I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. anyways, so I like dropped it like two years ago, and then like the other week I like could not sleep at all. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep at all, and I like was like having all these ideas, and I was like, okay, I need to start this podcast again. You know, like I have this voice, like I need to share what I'm gonna say. So I actually just posted an episode last night about like my whole journey and everything. Yeah. So I talk about my modeling. Experience 
actually like so freshly just spoke about this. Good, yay. Good question. Um, because it's like drastically changed in my opinion. So I'm 24 now and I started when I was 16. So I was, um, I guess like a sophomore in high school. Okay. So like crazy, you know, crazy. First of all, like hormones, drama, all of Ugh. that. So much already. And then like going into the industry where it's like so competitive, you know, super cutthroat, all this stuff you need to be like at your best, like all this stuff. It was a lot. So I definitely have learned a lot from all of it. And I think, so I started back in, I guess it was about 2000 and maybe 11, 2011 probably. Um, it, my age kind of messes the years up cause it was like, you know, maybe like right before the new year or something. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was about like 2011 and when I was scouted, I, you know, I, I'm six foot tall, like, you know, this, we're yeah. both tall. So like weight just kind of has distributed pretty well on my body my entire life. So I've never really had a problem with like, you know, putting on weight and something you and Liz talked about is like, you know, you just never really thought about like what you put in your body. So I just like, you know, I never thought about it. And like, obviously that's like such a blessing. Like so many people yes. don't have that. Even growing up in high school, you know, they struggle with their weight. So like, I was really grateful. And you know, I was the type of person, I wasn't into sports or anything. And I just kind of like had fun with my friends and I ate whatever I want, you know, like I would literally go to like Wendy's after school every day and like with my friend and you know, like it wasn't like I was toned or anything. Like I definitely didn't have abs, but I wasn't like, you know, the super skinny person. Yeah. So anyways, I get scouted when I'm 16 and this agency is like, you know, you look great, but you have to lose some weight. You have to tone up. So I would have to send these like photos, like digitals, which digitals are just like front side, side, back in like lingerie or bathing suit to just show your like shape and everything. Okay. So I had to do that like, I think during that time, like once a week or something. And they'd have to be like, okay, you know, your, your measurements are looking a little better or you need to work harder, stuff like that. And like, that's still definitely prevalent today, but it's just so much more lenient. So basically that was my experience. I had to like tone up, which I did. And I went to LA and, you know, I worked like crazy. Like it really didn't matter. Like I was at the point where my body looked good enough for the industry, but mind you, so like my measurements at the time, I was like six feet tall. I was like a 32, like B or something like okay. 26 waist and like, oh, uh, like 36, like hip, like so small. And like, some people who are my height, that's pretty normal for them. Like if they were like a dancer or athlete or something like that, sure. like people can achieve that. But most people like our height, that just is not the case. Like they're just a little bit bonier, like yeah. rightfully so, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so that was like a struggle for me. Cause when I first went there, I was like younger and it was kind of just like a trial period. And I was like doing a lot of test shoots, which are basically just like to build your book. Yeah. And, like, so that was all, like, fun and games. And then when I came back the second time to, like, for real do it, um, it was a lot more strict. So, you know, I was spitting in all these tiny little pieces and, like, all this stuff. And at that point in time, I wasn't really stressing about it because it was just kind of, like, fun for me. Yeah. But then once I went back, like, after, after high school to do it, like, full time, didn't go to college, that's when it got really, really strict. And it was like, okay, this is all or nothing. You have to go all in. If you're not these measurements, like you're not gonna work. Like we're not sending you that all work. So like, that's how strict it was. Wild. So in terms of shifting that dynamic to now, you know, there are still like, they call them like straight size models. So there's that category where, and that's like a lot still, I mean, it's shifted, but like runway is still a lot of that. 
Yes. Very you have good. to be, you know, like the sample size, all of this stuff, and only like a handful of designers are doing like curve plus size models because it's more expensive. So yeah. it's like that, you know, you kind of get in that cyclical cycle of like you want to be ethical. Most people do want to be ethical, but it's really expensive to make bigger pieces. So like that's why that, like no one, not everyone is doing it still. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So basically I quit modeling for about three and a half years because I like couldn't keep up the measurements. My mental health was not good. And I just like wasn't willing to risk my mental health to like be in this mold that wasn't like achievable for me. So anyways, I took four years off. I like healed from everything and I came back with it with like a more positive attitude and like just grew as a person in general like yeah. found my footing, you were so young when you started out. yeah like that yeah. is like and some people you know they do make it they have done it since they were younger but some people they don't and that's a lot for them and you know being a teenager already is challenging like i was saying so it was like double challenging i, could never <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't give it for anything honestly <laughs> but you know it was definitely an experience and so anyways like you know i i was about 21 at the time maybe 22 and my mother agent which your mother agent is basically just the middleman between like you and an agency so they like place you with an agency and they're just like more hands-on with you okay. basically and like an agency can be your mother agency but I had like another guy that was helping me cool okay so he just scouted me and we had a relationship my like entire experience modeling so he stayed close with my family the whole time so anyways he like never gave up on me he always was saying you know like please try this again like I really want you to do this again and you know I was always kind of like please leave me alone I just want to be in college like you yeah. know but, like obviously it was always like oh thank you whatever and so anyways like my senior year was wrapping up and he reached out and he was like you know I'm really seeing all these curve models like yeah. being popular and all this stuff like you should give it a try you know I think your measurements would be perfect and you wouldn't have to lose weight all these things and yeah. like for me I know we were talking about before is like I'm on like this smaller end of like curve yes so for me like I'm considered like an in-between size okay like people call them like the in-betweenies like really so, yeah like me and my that's like what our, my friends and I like say and, you know so anyways I'll get to that in a second but yeah so I like met with a couple agencies and I ended up signing with one and I, then I graduated I moved to New York and I just everything was just like crazy like I was meeting with amazing clients and they actually wanted my size and all of these things and so now like being in the industry again for two years almost three years now you know it's crazy to see how much you know you can be like one this like average woman size like an in-between size like you sure. and I you know and right. then also seeing like this curvier size and also like yeah. also like so many different ethnicities and races and stuff like that like you're so much seeing that right now it's a lot more now. where like yeah. like i'm not kidding like those girls are working more than like someone that looks like me right now wow. you know so it's like so that's like super prevalent right now and but you know there's still there's still a way to go you know there's yeah. still body shaming there's still there's still all those things and I'm sure I mean I've never personally had really bad experiences with like castings or you know okay. designers or anything like that like body shaming me but you know that still happens like I've heard yeah. stories and it's just like any industry though you know like there's always going to be negatives and there are you know, the bad there's always going to be room to grow and things like that so um yeah so I I'm just lucky that I can just be my size and I don't yeah. really have to do much to 
changed that and it's it's been really good for me mentally and honestly like if, I, if it, that wasn't the case I would not be modeling because like my mental health is everything yeah so, yeah that's yeah. great to hear yeah yeah I just I, I remember when you signed I was so pumped for you and you told me that you signed with a curve agency which surprised me because I just think you're to me like the epitome of like a thin model but obviously the industry is kind of a bit more extreme than normal people uh, which makes a lot of sense but how like does does that like curve and you said you're kind of more of like an in-betweeny which is like the funniest word ever I mean, I think I'm like a 12 year old <laughs> <laughs> um but like does that label ever bother you or are you like are you comfortable with that does it does it ever get to you I don't know it just it seems like such an odd pl placement for you knowing you and seeing you in person like mm -hmm. it's odd yeah, for sure. And I, I, I honestly, like, I hear this question a lot. And, like, I've been asked it. And yeah. I think the answer is, is no. Like, I don't really care because, like, at least for my agency. So my agency's name is Muse. And so they, they name the Curve models Muse Curve, like, Muse Plus. Okay. Or Curve Muses. Sure. So, like, they, they put, like, a positive thing around it, like, that we're, like, their Muse. Yeah. You know? And, like, they don't mind how we look. Like, you know, they're just really the reason why it's called, like, straight, curve, and plus is literally just to put you in, like, a box where clients and photographers, whatever, can just find you. You know right. what I mean? So, like, yeah, like, I would hope that one day we could get to a place where it's just, like, model, <laughs> not, yeah. like, yeah. size. But, you know, it's just, like, it's easier for people to find you where you are, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I still hate that, like, you know, it's a hard thing to talk about because some clients, most clients want to have diversity. Yes. You know? Yeah. But it's also such a trend right now. Yes. That some clients really might not want that, but they have to mold into that right now yeah. because that's what's in fashion. So That's like true. a lot, you'll see a lot of these clients and, you know, they have like, you know, three ethnicities, all different body types, whatever, and they need to find all those different people. So if you didn't have like that curve straight plus, it would be harder. harder for them to be like, okay, we need like a straight size and a curve and a plus, like this is right. just easier to find in this way. So I think it really depends who you talk to about yeah. if they're offended by that or not. But I just look at it as like, that's just what it is, and it just means I can be myself, and I can eat what I want, and yeah. be happy with how I look. So, I mean, catch me on another day. I don't know what I'll say, but sure, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, well, that's that's everybody in every industry. I think there, I think it does like make a lot of sense that for, for casting, there has to be some kind of label so that you can get what you're looking for. But I think it's also hard to label a person by their body type. You know, like there, it, there are. There are obviously positives and negatives to everything in the world, but it is hard. It's hard for me to see somebody like you kind of be put in a box. But but I understand for casting, it does make sense. I, I it's so funny. Like I feel like I met you, and then when you moved to New York, things really took off for you. And you've been. I've seen you. I see you on Pinterest now, which is like the oddest thing ever. But I know it's weird, right? It's so weird. So you worked most recently, I think, with you worked with Spanx. You worked with is it Land's End? I think. 
How how are those bigger shoots? Like, do you enjoy that? I, I assume a lot of them are on location. Are you flying places a lot? Like, how does that go for you? Yeah, so, so when I started when I was, like, 16, so I don't think I did, like, my first really big photo shoot until I was about 17 or 18. Okay. And that was with a company called BB, which is, like, still around, but they don't have stores anymore, so I feel like a lot of people don't know who they are. Oh, I but know. Anyways, you like, are that incredible that store. Type. Like, love their stuff. Like, they're great messages. <laughs> So anyways, I booked a shoot with them, and it was, like, this huge, like, huge production at Chateau Marmont in California. Like, whoa. You know, it was crazy. So that was, like, my biggest shoot, first big shoot, and it was just, like, the most fun thing. Like, I shot with, like, Deb, the singer, and, like, her backup singers, and, like, some supermodels, and it was just, like, the time of my life. It was so fun. So I always really enjoyed shoots like that, and... Going back into my career now, a lot of things that I do are e-commerce, which is yeah. like for, if you don't know, it's just the product shots on a website for a brand. So just showing you like, you know, with your standing, whatever way, this is how it will look on you. And so that's like what I do. That's most of the work that I do. And that's, I have fun doing it. Like it's fine, sure. but it's not like the most exciting thing ever because it's yeah. so like robotic. So whenever I get to go on location, it's like, yay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, if I'm on location, I'm not in New York, so I'm usually flying somewhere. So I luckily get to travel a lot for work, and I've That's been great. to so many places in the last two years, which has been incredible. Um, so, yeah, those big jobs were really cool. The one um, for Land's End was in Palm Springs, California, and it was, yay. like, beautiful. And we were staying at, like, this beautiful hotel, and location was were these, like, two, like, sick houses, Brit. Like, you would have died. They were so sick. It was, like, one in the desert. It was, like, all these, like, cacti and, like, all this stuff. It was insane. And, like, oh, my God. It was so cool. And, like, that's in, like, you know, I'm in, like, three catalogs right now. That was in, like, People magazine. Like, super cool. Like, all over Pinterest. Like, I didn't even find any of this. Like, that's the thing is, like, I almost never find them. Like I see you all the time. And I'm like, Please, I, them, like, you never get it. I never see them. It's so funny. <laughs> I feel like they don't sponsor to me because, like, I already follow them. <laughs> so, probably, yeah. You probably. know, so, so yeah, it's really cool. And then the Spanx one is, like, um, I shot in, like, Atlanta. That's where they're from. And then I recently shot oh. in Florida. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And you get to work with, like, a big team and usually a bunch of different models um, from all over, all, age, all ages. It's really cool. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's super fun, but, you know, I do still have to, like, get up super early. Flying isn't always the best, but, like, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, it's it's a really fun time, and yeah, the days are a lot more relaxed, and you kind of just get to show your personality a little bit more, which I enjoy, so. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to ask you, what do the days look like? Are they, like, eight hours, ten hours? Like, because I know modeling can be really long. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. So, um, in terms of, like, e-commerce, it's pretty much, like, a standard ten-hour day. Um, and then for like location stuff, it really depends. Like sometimes it could be five hours. Sometimes it could be 11 hours. I've shot like through the night sometimes like earlier on in my career. Um, so yeah, it really depends, but like, I really don't mind with location stuff because it's usually just like so fun. And by the end of it, we're all just like laughing and goofing off, honestly. So like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun and I like it a lot. So (laughs) well. On top of all of the modeling, you also, and I don't know if this is, like, official yet, so I don't want to, like, blow anything, but you've been working on, your your boyfriend is a really talented screen printer, graphic artist, like, all of these things. Um, 
And you've been working on some of the some more of those types of like clothing things. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you're like talking about that you can say? Oh yeah, I'm talking about everything. So okay, good. We're not spoiling anything. And if you if you were spoiling it, I should talk about it anyways. Okay. So um, I think it's important to tell people what you're doing because then it like makes it a reality and you hold yourself accountable. So I think that's so true. Thing. Um, yes. So yeah, I. I work on like a million things at one time always, so you know you like you some, really things do. Are, some things are a little bit less further along than I had maybe hoped. Um, but like I'm constantly working on everything in little bits at all times. So yeah. basically, yeah, my boyfriend owns a digital printing company in um, PA, like in the suburbs, and he does like graphic design, graphic work on shirts and garments and stuff like that. So we're still open right now, which is cool. That's and I work for him doing that. So that's like a big bulk of what I put my attention towards to like make that a reality because I kind of like helped bring that from the ground up. So it's like kind of my baby too. Yeah, it is. And um, so that's cool. And then I also have another company with him and that's a streetwear label. And that's, that's really just like, you know, working out the tweaks right now. Like we yeah. have our first collection dropping as soon as we get it live, but we have the designer working on it right now. So we're just kind of waiting for that to be finished up. And that's exciting. Yeah, and like it's all about like having the, the right funding and getting marketing and branding and like web design and all those things. It just takes time and it does. It takes money. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot yeah. of time and a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> right, and like I know how to do all of these things, but it's just like. I don't want to do all of them. They're so time consuming. Like I went to school for graphic design, so like I can do that. I do web design anyways, like for myself and for, you know, Alex's business in general. So it's like, I know how to do it, but I'm just sure. like so daunted by everything that I have to do that like, I need to hire someone. We need to hire someone. Yeah. But so that's, that's kind of on Plus, hold while we're waiting for the designs, but yeah. that's cool. It's good to have an outsider's eye and perspective, I think, on especially like web design and graphic design. Like, I'm I'm lucky that my sister's fiance is like very involved in that like community, and he um, does a lot of um, user experience stuff. Um, and obviously, Ali, who did my rebrand, who we're talking to next, like it, right. having that outsider's perspective is so helpful. And it's you won't, for me at least, I don't see my brand I think the way that other people see it sometimes and other people seem to see it as like a more positive badass thing whereas sometimes when you get too far in it you're like overwhelmed and it gets stressful so I think it's good that you have some outsider's perspective on it and like hopefully they can help you kind of round out the message a little bit too which is nice absolutely and I think when you rebranded it was like oh shit like you know I really <laughs> love it so um, but yeah, and then what I have other things too. So please I'll, tell me. Yeah, I'll yeah. Tell you. And so I, I have. We have like in when we're talking about this, like how has quarantine changed this? Because I think for you, you were so busy that maybe this is a time that you can really like delve into these other things that you're working on. So like, yeah, talk about that too. Like if you have, right, it's giving you sure. more time. For sure. I wish we could talk for hours. I miss I know, you me too. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh my goodness. So basically like, I, this is something I did want to talk about because I think that it's not really being discussed a lot, how bad gig workers are getting affected by this quarantine yeah. and like how much like, like, you know, people who are in unions or on contracts or all of this stuff, like they cannot work right now. They, they have no source of income. And then yeah. like unemployment is a whole clusterfuck that like yeah. 
you know, nobody knows what's going on. No one can get on the phone with anyone. And it's, it's just a really confusing time for everybody. Like, you know, we're all in this together. Everyone's yeah. getting affected in some way by this. Like, no matter where you look at it, everyone's getting affected. And so I think, you know, it's interesting and we all need to stick together. So yeah. I'm glad you're doing these calls because, you know, it's nice to hear from other people and other people's perspectives. And, you know, for me with modeling and a lot of people I know, like I was saying at the beginning is like, I haven't worked like totally transparently. I have not worked since February 7th. So I had been out of work for a long time before wow. happened. And like, luckily I was able to like have a savings and yeah. be fine and all of that to the, like the Can point I of can I ask you, did you file for unemployment? Because I just did. Mm -hmm. Because it's so it's so hard because technically I guess I'm still working and as I'm doing these kinds of things, I'm still posting to Instagram, I'm still shipping orders, but I can't actually make product right now. So like technically to me, that's unemployed and my store can't be open. So like those are my two main sources of income. You're definitely unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, like, have you done that? Is that an option for you? Yeah. So, um, so basically because I have so many sources of income, luckily I was able, because I work for Alex's business as a W2 employee, I could file for unemployment in Pennsylvania. So I filed there at the literal start of all of this and I have still not received my pin. So yeah. And like other people have Alex received his stimulus check um, already, but he only received it like last week. So they're just, I just got one, you know, like I'm just behind and in terms of New York. So there's this organization called model Alliance and the founder of it actually somehow got in contact with someone to get basically complete directions of how to file as a gig employee. Um, So yeah, so I filed under for unemployment in New York, like under the instructions that she gave and I still haven't heard anything there either. So (laughs) I don't really know. So in terms of that, like, yeah, I'm pretty shit out of luck, but you know, I applied like um, over a month ago. So like once I get it, I will get money from like all of those weeks. So right. That's good. And then I actually got approved for the PPP loan because okay. I actually like have a business for myself. Yep. So that was incredibly lucky. So I'm just like crossing my fingers that that can be a forgivable loan or that kind of sucks. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, but you know, I, I'm going to eventually run through my savings and you know, no source of income is coming in. So it's like, you know, like I was saying for gig workers, I mean, that's kind of just going to be the case and it, it sucks and yeah. you know, we're gonna have to figure it out. And like, I don't personally, like, I don't like to live in like a fear mindset and be negative, but I just really don't know how I feel about like what's going to happen with the modeling industry after this and really gig workers in general, like in terms of like acting, like all of those things where like you're working with so many people and they're all in your face and like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like how could we go back to normal at all with something like this? Because I can't wear a mask to work. You know, everyone else would have to be wearing a mask. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's. I do think it's going to change things. I mean, I think that for businesses like mine, I've, we've shot together, and generally it's very, it's like me, you, and my mom. You know what I mean? It's like small, and there doesn't have to be a lot of production or a lot of, like, styling on set. You know, there's not all these other people jumping in, so... And I'm doing my own makeup, you know, it's not like someone's doing my makeup in my face. Totally. Yeah, um, which one day I would love to have makeup artists come do it, but <laughs> but also maybe it's better that that's not the way that we've run things in the past, and, like, um, what we've talked a little bit about, and I'm 
excited to start planning maybe like a social distancing shoot with you because I think it's a good practice in like what does this look like for the future because I think for both me and you we will have to figure out ways to shoot product on people that we haven't done before and you know shooting outside seems pretty safe because it's it's very difficult for like the virus to spread outside so that's what we're talking about is shooting outside keeping everything at a distance but it is really i do think it's really going to change a lot of industries i think the retail industry might change um but yeah for for modeling i definitely because like your larger shoots your on set shoots how many people are there oh my god like i mean one of my like biggest clients they there's probably like hundreds of people in the studio at one time because there's so many different models working on different sets they have like yeah nine sets or seven sets or something like that wow and so that's a lot of people that's not typical for e-commerce but that for that one client it is and then like for a location shoot i mean say you have four to five models you have like two makeup artists two hairstylists like whole like lighting and photography team you have tech creative director all of these people i mean it's so many people that it's like it's almost impossible to keep your distance from people so yeah yeah, so that really probably will change. Yeah. I'm happy you have, it seems like you juggle a lot of things, and hopefully the modeling industry takes a little bit longer to get back to its no, new normal or normal. Hopefully you can kind of use some of these other sources of income to get you by until then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for your for your podcast, um, I, I can't remember, hold on, I'm checking my sheet. I know we have other questions for you, but on top of, like, What's your podcast? What's the topic? What are you going to be covering? Are you interviewing people or is it just kind of you speaking about like your experiences? Yeah, for sure. So the podcast before was called Unleashing Your Inner Voice. And essentially like my premise for it was interviewing people that had like business ideas or something like that. And they cool. like weren't being vocal about it. So they weren't like holding themselves accountable and all sure. the same thing. And <laughs> because I had such like a parameter around like, okay, this is what I want everything to be like. I just like had total imposter syndrome and like was like I can't do this like so I had like one episode with someone and I like quit for two years I was like no I can't do this like and then I got like you know I was just like uninspired by it whatever so like I said I was just like could not sleep I was like I came up with this idea and something that I like am really passionate about is like manifestation and like the law of attraction so like abundance is a big thing that comes up and like manifesting abundance into your life whether it's financially or in terms of relationships or like whatever it may be I feel like abundance oftentimes is grouped with money but like so many other things make you abundant yeah so yeah so I made a YouTube channel for basically all of the videos I've made over the years of like trips and stuff like that and like I made like this inform informational video about something um so then I was like okay I need to like make this like a legitimate channel so I named it attracting abundance and yeah so then I was like okay I should just like run with that and like name my podcast that so I just named it that I like woke up the next day went outside recorded an episode like literally had no notes just like ran with it it wasn't like great at all or anything but it was just like getting over that fear of like being perfect with what I was talking about you know what I looked like what I was wearing like all those things (laughs) so I just like put it out there and like yeah so it's called attracting abundance and I kind of don't have like any you know niche audience or anything like that and like I know with business it's good to have like a niche audience and like target specific people but like I feel like what I talk about is all kind of just like you know 
changing your mindset and like wellness and you know like fashion and getting over block blocks and like all these things so I feel yeah. like like that type of person will just like be attracted to all of those things yeah so yeah and I, think I think it takes time like, to fi- I think it takes time to find your niche so like maybe it starts with something more broad and you find something you're more interested in but like but yeah I totally agree that type of person will probably be interested in multiple things that yeah, you're talking about yeah like i'm gonna listen to it so yeah well, thanks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah because like that's a great thing you said though is because like a lot of people like preach this like successful like podcast hosts or youtubers or whatever they preach like you're not gonna get like a thousand subscribers overnight you know like you need sure. to start somewhere you need to just talk and put it out there and then eventually people will you know you'll get your audience like right so yeah, yeah, maybe you have like some of your best episodes at first, but like who cares? Because then they'll go back and listen to them later. You oh, know? so yeah. just like put it out there. You're gonna regret like not starting sooner. So because I did, so I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I've actually like been. I briefly thought about a podcast because I feel like I am more comfortable talking off screen. Honestly, like this is fine because I like honestly I'm pairing myself with people I'm super comfortable with because. If I had to interview somebody that I've never met before, I think this would be a very different experience for both them and me. Yeah. Um, but I would for love sure. to do some kind of podcast at some point. But what I found is just that, like, A, it's so overwhelming to even get started. But B, I'm already juggling so many balls in the area that, like, I'm not sure if that's really where I want to put my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't it is definitely kind of time-consuming. Yeah, it's time-consuming, and it's, it's also, like, thought-consuming. Um, like, aside from the time that you have to take to record, I think that there's a lot of, maybe not your first episode, but maybe your second episode will be more, like, you'll, you know, you'll write things down, you'll do some research, you'll plan ahead, and, like, that's the thing that I feel like I don't have that much time for right now, so I'm really, I have the editing takes forever, too, so. Oh, I can't, I, I, like, my brain won't even go there, like, I can't, I can't. (laughs) Well, we'll have to get on an episode one time and just, like, talk and let it just flow yeah yeah i would love yeah, to i get started there i i i listen to podcasts literally all day long like that's what i do all day when i'm sewing because i find that music kind of gets it's too short each song is too short and then it's too repetitive like i can't i can't focus for as long um, but if i'm listening to like an audiobook or a podcast i can like really just like you know eyes in the tunnel like get shit done so i just always too yeah, yeah. I'm always looking for more content, so I'm excited that you're... That's something I know is doing one, and, like, and, and actually a topic that I'm interested in as well, so... <laughs> I'm awesome. jazzed. Yeah. So, yeah. on top of the podcast and graphic design, do you have any... Or, not graphic design, the, the streetwear line. Do you have anything else yeah. going on? Yeah, well, it all involves graphic design, so, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Alex and I also have... This is kind of just more, like, a fun thing that we came out during quarantine. We started this uh, label called Anything Goes Apparel. So, it's, like, literally means, like, anything and everything, like, is gonna go on these garments. So, <laughs> it's just, like, our, like, fuck around page, honestly. And it's actually done really well. Like, Yay. that's the thing, like, we let go of all these expectations and, like, how the branding was gonna be and, like, all of this stuff and, like, haven't really advertised it. And we did, like, a collaboration with a friend of mine and just be, like, just based off, of, like, her connections and, like, us sharing it on Facebook, we've received, like, 50 orders. Wow. Like, so crazy. So we ended up donating, like, pretty much all of the proceeds from, like, the first 30 orders to a charity or 
it's like a local food bank in Ohio where my friend lives. Wow. And it was like five hundred dollars. Oh it was God, like crazy. That's yeah, amazing. So that was like really awesome. And like that was like rewarding and it was just like a fun experience to just like you know, let go of the perfectionism and just like yeah. run with it and so yeah, that's been really cool and you know, there's a bunch of designs up there. It's all in my Instagram bio, so if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, I need um, to check so it out. Like, too. That's, that's I've, seen some I've seen some snapshots of them, but I need to like look at them because there is a lot going on on them in a good way, but I want to like see what all the graphics are choosing for each pair too. Right. Yeah. There's really not <laughs> much, there's not much meaning why we did it. It's kind of just like, that's okay. That's what we thought of today. Let's put it up. And if it sells, it sells and it doesn't, whatever. So cool. that's yeah. the beauty of like having this business that Alex has is that we have the ability to just like have fun with things like that. So yeah. that's been cool. That's awesome. And then my, like my baby thing is that I have, so I own like the LLC to all of these businesses. It's just a matter of like getting them out there. Yeah. So my like lifelong dream has been to own a boutique. And so I finally bought the LLC for that and I own like an online sustainable boutique. And so I was like in the fall, I was like pretty much ready to launch it. And then like some financial situation happened where like I had to like put a large sum of money into something and like lost all of the savings I had for like starting the business. Yeah. So I was like, shit. Okay. So like back <laughs> that up. And then like, you know, fear got in the way again. And like, I just like, didn't know what I was going to like buy and like how I was going to do it. And like, yeah. again, like daunting by like, I have to make a website. I have to run the social media. I have to do all of these things. And like, I didn't have the funds to hire someone to help me. So it yeah. had just been like on hold. And so now during quarantine, going back to you asking, you know, like now that I'm not like working full-time modeling, I have so much free time to like put my time into all of these, you know, ideas that I have. And yeah. like, mind you, if I wasn't like this creative person and didn't already have these ideas, I'd probably be like sitting on my ass all day watching Netflix and relaxing. Yeah, totally. But because I'm like such a go-getter and like I have all these creative ideas all the time, like I really wanted to make this time productive for myself yeah and like some days look different than others you know some days I'm getting up later than others or whatever but you know I've really lately been super creative and like have so much energy so I'm like I just let's run with this you know so yeah. so I've just basically been like running that social media platform on Instagram just like creating content so when people visit it it's like okay this is an active account and like yeah. align with the content I'm posting and then like in the background I'm working on like the website and That's like great. all of those things and I'm just kind of trying to reframe like what would people even want to buy right now from a boutique like yeah because of course people aren't like you know summer is pretty much going to be like gone and no one's really going to yeah. be buying like bathing suits and pretty dresses to go out in and like yeah. stuff like that so you know I want it to be sustainable but I want it to be practical and I don't want to buy a bunch of inventory that ends up being wasteful because that completely contradicts what I want to do yeah. so yeah. it's just a matter of figuring it out yeah, yeah, and this is an odd time to be starting a business. It's a hard time to start any kind of fashion business because at the end of the day, we're all consuming fashion so differently than how we normally do. So, like, I don't know. I, I actually personally, I just purchased a bunch of sweatpants and sweatshirts, um, like, wholesale because I really want to experiment with tie-dyeing and, like, bleach-dyeing and things like that. I, I've always enjoyed it. Um and I feel like this is a, t a good time for me to experiment with those things, and everyone's wearing them right now. So, like, instead of designing new bags, I'm like, I'm gonna sell some sweatpants because you just yeah. you have to you have to change the way your business works to kind of like you know to to be with the times and to be relevant. Um, 
But what, so you said sustainable, is it, do you, have you, are you finding brands to work with that like center around those things? Like how, do you know how you're going to position yourself in that way? Yeah. So as a boutique, like I'm a reseller, so I would have like my own product in sure. terms of like graphic garments, they would be like my own. Like I have some garments up right now that were just like for fun. They're really cheap. It's more of like for the love type of thing. Sure. But like for the future, it would be like reselling. And yeah, I've had like, cause I've had this idea for, you know, the last like you know, 15 years, but I've actually like honed in on it for the last like two and a half years. So for yeah. the last two and a half years, I've basically just been like collecting um, people to work with. So That's I have awesome. like, I have like, you know, the bookmarks saved. I have like Instagram accounts saved in my like Instagram and all those things. So it's just a matter of me, you know, really sitting down and organizing, like, who do I really want to work with right now? And like, how would that work? And obviously yeah. with wholesale, you know, there's a minimum order requirement, all of those sure. things. So so yeah, it, it would all be, you know, either like sustainably made, ethically sourced, all of the packaging would be ethically made, you know, That's really awesome. minimal, like uh, plastic. I really probably won't use any plastic, yeah. uh, mostly paper products, things like that. And then like recycled plastic, you know, something like that is... Yeah, I love that. When that happens, that's what that's what I want to do. That's cool. And it'll stay probably online? Or are you thinking like ever... Would you ever want to have a store? Like is that in your like in your front in front of you at some point right yeah so it's actually funny like polka dots just hopped on and that was my one of my first internships ever was working at a fashion boutique oh, no. so that's like and like the woman that owned it was like my huge mentor and like I always wanted to own a boutique and it was really cool to see like the back end of that yeah um so like having a store in the future like would be sick and it would be cool because obviously people would go because they like love your brand and it would be really like in person and personal yeah but I just feel like unless you have that like cult following of people that already go it is moving in such a different direction and it has been even more so now like I just and myself I don't go to stores to shop I shop online for everything and I think kind of like having a shop is almost like less sustainable so it just kind of like I said like contradicts like my mission because then I'd have to have like so much inventory and stock. There's so much packaging involved and stuff like that. And like so much plastic, like, oh my God, being a model and seeing the back end of things is like, dude, just seeing how much plastic there is. So so yeah, I really just want to like change the way that people shop like so badly because I see the back end of it so much. So so, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, eventually I definitely want to, um, you know, expand clothing and all of those things but for now i'm thinking more like you know sustainable home goods stuff or just like yeah like like those cozy outfits like sweatsuits or whatever and like yoga clothes because people are doing yoga and like you know there are like people out there that are still taking pretty photos and you know buying clothes just to take photos and you know i i manage a lot of clients and people are still buying clothes like people are buying a lot of clothes still so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> gonna stop. I just think people are buying different things than what, like, like normally I would have at this point in the year maybe bought a swimsuit at some point or been looking at like a new pair of sandals or you know something like. I try to make more investment pieces now, like instead of buying like lots of little things. But, um, but yeah, I'm not looking at any of that stuff right now because I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to use it. You know, why not just wait? you know, until next year, if I'm not going to be able to go to the beach or go to the swimming pool, like, what's the point of buying the swimsuit? It just doesn't make sense to me right now. But, yeah, I I just bought, like, two cute bathing suits before all of this, and I'm just like, shit, I'm not going to wear this. Yeah, one of my, like, trips got canceled for this spring. I was, like, so sad. I was supposed to go to Mexico, and it, like, got canceled. 
But, like, obviously, I'm glad I'm, like, in the United States and safe and not, like, stuck in Mexico. So. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I, and I have to say, like, this whole thing, I feel that the past, like, five years since I started this business, I really have been so focused on, like, getting Tessero where, where I want it to be, which that, um, that goal set changes constantly. So I'm kind of like never getting to where I want it to be, which means like I'm not going on vacation really. And I'm not planning big trips. Like I haven't left the United States since I lived in Italy, which was like 11 years ago, 10 years. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, that's what it takes to run a small business. Girl. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I wish you could travel more though. Yeah. And I've had a retail component to my business for the most, most of the time that I've had a business and it really does tie you down and it ties you to certain hours. And after like, this has made me reevaluate like really what is important to me because at the end of the day, like, I think I have this mentality of like later, you know, like, I'll, I'll have time for it later, but I just turned 29 and like yeah, my life has begun and like, I'm just kind of waiting until later to do all of these things and I'm not going to do that anymore. So I feel like getting away from a retail space is good and smart and it might be the next step for me. I, I'm not sure about that. And I love my retail store. Um, it's like such a cool outlet for me to share other makers and, and then to like have a community, but it's tough, man. Like it's really time consuming. <laughs> um, so yeah, that might change for me in the near future too. I like the idea of an online boutique and like, I do feel like that's just going to become more and more popular. So I think you're like getting on the bandwagon at the right time. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with you? Because I saw like, we haven't talked a lot. What is going on with your new space? Like, are you still moving in? Like what's happening with that? Oh, it's such a nightmare. So, um, <laughs> I, signed, I signed a lease for a studio space for those of you who might not know. Um, so my studio and my storefront for the last two years was in the same space and I signed a lease for a studio, which I'm split with another, um, entrepreneur and maker in Philadelphia named Alice Alexander. That's the name of her company. Um, and basically the idea was that we were gonna split both the studio and split the retail space because she is a clothing designer with nowhere to try on her clothes, which can be tough. Like people, there are people that still love to try things on before they buy them. Um, her price point's a little higher because it's all made in Philadelphia. So the idea was that I would move out my studio into this space and then we would move our merchandise in and build out fitting rooms and kind of like do the whole thing, hire a manager so that we can kind of step away from that. Um, and we were really excited about it. And the, the week before the shutdown began, I moved my studio space into, or my equipment into the studio. So my was that just like divine timing that that happened or did you like know something was going on? So Mike, my partner has been very involved in, he, he is very conscious of the news as am I, but he kind of noticed this virus. Um, he works in, in uh, finance. So his company noticed this virus kind of before it even really hit the US. Like they were aware of it and kind of like taking stock in it and then taking it seriously. And he was reading a lot about it at night <laughs> randomly. So he did say like, you know, I, I do think at, at some point there's going to be a shutdown and like if you're going to move into the studio, like do it sooner than later. Cause there was no like deadline for that because I had the store and the store wasn't going anywhere. So I could have waited. Um, and I kind of wish I would have because it would be easier for me actually to go into the store now because I'm not sharing that space with other people um, and get work done, like make. Um, 
But so I, I moved in and it's a beautiful space and it's still very much in transition. Like my storefront literally looks like it was broken into. Like oh <laughs> it's, it still it's, have the lease of your storefront then. I do. Yeah, I have both. So my store, this, the landlord at the store is like a lovely, lovely person. He and his wife um, own the property and they actually started their small business in the space. So they've been really kind um, about giving me, you know, giving me a break. I'm still paying rent a little bit, but I'm not paying what I normally would. Um, so at least I have a little bit um, of flexibility there. But I am still paying full rent at the studio space, which is just like, like, because they so can't go there because you share it. So I, Mary Alice and her two full-time employees are not using the space. They've moved their stuff back into their back, basically into their home, so they can work from mm-hmm. home. My equipment is too large and too heavy, and I don't have a house; I have an apartment, so I can't move my stuff here. It's just not a real option for me. So I took three weeks when Philly was supposed to hit its peak. I took three weeks that I didn't go in at all. Yesterday was the first. Sorry, Monday was the first day I was in in three-ish weeks. So I can go safely into the studio by myself, but like, you know, it's a, it's a big building. So like the elevator is shared, the stairways, like all of that stuff is not as safe as the store would be because nobody can enter the store because right, um, right. it's mine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't go in safely and it's just me right now. Um, but I just, when, when things hit its peak, I have a lot of friends who are nurses and they're just, you know, they're constantly saying like, please just stay home. Like it's not worth it. And, and I heeded their advice and, um, not that we're out of it, but I think that one day a week I can go in safely and, and just get as much done as possible. I had over 30 open orders on my website and that was giving me a lot of anxiety. So, um, I, I finally hit, I'm down to 10 open orders on my website. Oh my God. I know. I shipped a bunch of stuff yesterday and I was like, it feels so good to just like, it's, it gives me, I don't know about you because you, you, you know, ship things and own a business yeah. too. It gives me so many orders open. It's so it, yeah, it gives me anxiety to have, to have people's money and to not give them the thing that they have spent their money on, you know, like it Good person for that. freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, yeah, so it feels good to get some orders out and, and I'm going to try to go yeah. on one day a week. Um, but obviously like I can't develop new products because it's just too time consuming. Um, And basically the idea was that we were going to split both the studio and switch. It's a big building. So like the elevator is shared, the stairways, like all of that stuff is not as safe, which can be tough. Like people, there are people that still love to try things on before they buy them. Um, her price point's a little higher because it's all made in Philadelphia. So the idea was that I would move out my studio into the space and then we would move our merchandise in and build out fitting rooms and kind of like do the whole thing, hire a manager so that we can kind of step away from that. Um, and we were really excited about it. And the, the week before the shutdown began, I moved my studio space into, or my equipment into the studio. So was that just like divine timing that that happened or did you like know something was going on? So Mike, my partner, has been very involved in, he, he is very conscious of the news, as am I, but he kind of noticed this virus. Um, he works in, in uh, finance. So his 
companies noticed this virus kind of before it even really hit the U.S. Like, they were aware of it and kind of, like, taking stock in it and then taking it seriously. And he was reading a lot about it at night, <laughs> randomly. So he did say, like, you know, I, I do think that at some point there's going to be a shutdown and, like, if you're going to move into the studio, like, do it sooner than later. Because there was no, like, deadline for that because I had the store and the store wasn't going anywhere, so I could have waited. Um, and I kind of wish I would have because it would be easier for me actually to go into the store now because I'm not sharing that space with other people um, and get work done, like, make. Um, but... So I moved in, and it's a beautiful space, and it's still very much in transition. Like, my storefront literally looks like it was broken into. Like, oh <laughs> it's, it still has the lease of your storefront then. I do. Yeah, I have both. So my store, this, the landlord at the store is, like, a lovely, lovely person. He and his wife um, own the property, and they actually started their small business in the space. So they've been really kind um, – about giving me, you know, giving me a break. I'm still paying rent a little bit, but I'm not paying what I normally would. Um, so at least I have a little bit um, of flexibility there. But I am still paying full rent at the studio space, which is just like, like, because they so can't go there because you share it. So I, Mary Alice and her two full-time employees are not using the space. They've moved their stuff back into their, back basically into their home so they can work from home. My equipment is too large and too heavy, and I don't have a house. I have an apartment. So I can't move my stuff here. It's just not a real option for me. So I took three weeks. When Philly was supposed to hit its peak, I took three weeks that I didn't go in at all. Yesterday was the first – sorry, Monday was the first day I was in in three-ish weeks. So I can go safely into the studio by myself. But, like, you know, it's a, it's a big building. So, like, the elevator is shared. The stairways, like, all of that stuff is not as safe as the store would be because nobody can enter the store because right. um, it's fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't go in safely, and it's just me right now. Um, but I just when, – when things hit its peak, I have a lot of friends who are nurses, and they're just – you know, they're constantly saying, like, please just stay home, like – it's not worth it, and and I heeded their advice, and um, not that we're out of it, but I think that one day a week I can go in safely and, and just get as much done as possible. I had over 30 open orders on my website, and that was giving me a lot of anxiety, so um, I, I finally hit, I'm down to 10 open orders on my website. Oh my god. I know. I shipped a bunch of stuff yesterday, and I was like, it feels so good to just like, it's, it gives me, I don't know about you, because you, you you know, ship things and own a business yes. too. It gives me so many orders open. It's so it, yeah, it gives me anxiety to have to have people's money and to not give them the thing that they have spent their money on. You know, yeah. like it good person for that. freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah. So it feels good to get some orders out, and, and I'm going to try to go yeah. one day a week. Um, but obviously, like I can't develop new products because it's just too time consuming. Um, so everything you're selling is pre-made already. Yeah, so nothing, so not pre-made, but the design is there. Um, like, it's, it's bad <laughs> new, no new collections, are you saying? Exactly, yeah. So I'm not developing, like, new styles. I'm not developing, I'm not adding any new leathers to my collection because all of that product would have to be made, whereas yeah. the products that I've had for a long time, some of them I have in stock, some of them I need to restock slowly, um, and that's just kind of, like, the nature of my business. I don't have, like, hundreds of everything, of anything, ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm just. I mean, totally I would leave so peaceful. So. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I don't want to do that. That's not the goal of my business at all. But, but yeah, there are things that 
kind of pre-made um, that I can work on slowly and restock, which I do usually for holiday. And then there are things that I just kind of, I only make when I get orders. So it's kind of bouncing back in between those things, just shipping things I've had in stock, shipping things I need to make, but I won't develop anything new because it's just, it doesn't make sense right now um, because it's just so much time. But but yeah, things are okay. It's just, it's kind of juggling all these things at one time and trying to keep money coming in because I haven't gotten unemployment. I haven't gotten PPP. I haven't gotten the EIDL. I haven't gotten any help at all from anybody. So I still need to make some kind of income so I can pay my rent at home, so I can pay my rent at both locations. Um, yeah. yeah, guys, buy her shit. It's <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, people have been really supportive, so I'm, I'm lucky that I'm not struggling anymore. Right now, um, I feel genuinely like grateful and lucky to be in the position that I'm in, but I am pretty disappointed about how this whole thing's being handled at like federal and state level. I mean, yeah. the fact that you haven't gotten any help and you're a gig worker, like at least I can still have a, a website up and running and, and potentially be making money if I'm hustling, you know, but yeah. for, for people like you who model and don't have other side hustles, like there really is no money coming in and same for right. servers and bartenders and so oh many God. of this, like most of this country, like truly. Seriously, <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah, like even me, like having all these extra things, you know, they're not bringing income in. So it's like, right. even though I'm hustling and doing all this stuff, no income's coming in to me. Yeah, you know, you're like hustling like, for the future, which is yeah, which is good. But yeah. like, you know, I need, yeah, I need some money. You need it now. now. Yeah. yeah. Which luckily I don't need a lot of money because of my rent, but you know. I'm fortunate in that way that I don't have to pay for rent. Yeah, that was honestly mostly luck. Like, yeah. it, you could have been in a totally different position, and, yeah. you know, you had some angels so looking over you. Worse. Yeah, somebody was looking over you or something. Because oh, that. my God, man, I know. And honestly, like, I was almost preparing for something like this. Like, I was, like, decluttering my house for, like, wow. months before this. And then, like, oh, I forgot to say this. Like, all of my stuff is in storage right now. Like, I had to, like, really last minute, like, go to New York, get a storage moving company. They moved everything out. Oh so like, God. I don't know where anything of, anything of mine is right now, pretty much. Like, oh my God. So, but thank God I had like gotten rid of some stuff because I didn't have to worry so much about like, you know, a big move, some extra bulk that I just like really didn't need. So yeah, oh yeah but thank God for the internet, man. Because <laughs> Seriously. Like, at least you can do stuff like this. Yes. Like, something oh I did want to quickly say like earlier we got into it and I forgot to say this was like, I think, just with content creation and like advertisements and all of this stuff, like we're just going to be moving in a more digital direction. And like, yeah. although that sucks for some really big like industries, you know, things just change over time and that's just what it's going to look like. And like, so funny, like this one photographer I shot with, Atisha Paulson, like he's been moving in this direction for so long, like shooting video and content on his phone. Wow. And like people hire him, had been hiring him to do that. And like, you know, that's where we're going to move and things yeah. are just going to be lower quality. And like, maybe that's better because then it's not so much like you need the super expensive equipment. And like, if that's you so do, that's true. great. But if you don't, you can still work, you know? So that's so true. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want us to get cut off because no, I know. Cut us off in like a minute. <laughs> I see so the time. Right I wanted to thank you for spending some time with me and I really, I'm hoping we can do a social distancing shoot so we can we like be at the forefront of this. Show.